Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like? Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks, Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what we like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better. Hello, hello, and welcome to Under the Floodlights with me, Bailey Hutchison, and Chris Ringold. And what a weekend it is for us Premier League supremacists, as the best three teams in Europe have themselves a weekend. While elsewhere, we can now talk about Watford. West Ham and Tottenham play a Europa League fixture on a Sunday, and RIP Cabbagehead Steve Bruce. We already miss you. Chris, how are you doing? <laughs> are you sure that he said that about himself? Steve Bruce, in his leaving statement, said, it's been a tough time at Newcastle. I've had people calling me cabbage head. <laughs> so I, I didn't think it was real. I thought that's something out that's, of that. Uh, that's awful. <laughs> what do you call that angle manager movie from years ago? Ricky Tomlinson, whatever that is. That's what that reminded me of, Steve Bruce. I think there's no way he's actually said that, but everyone confirmed that. Uh, you just can imagine them getting them getting relegated this season, and then they go and interview Steve Bruce while he's in Marbella. <laughs> well, after this weekend, Steve could find himself a few jobs around the league. Well, well indeed, yeah. Don't know how high or low Steve could end up at this uh, rate, but <laughs> Steve Steve Bruce currently isn't looking like a bad manager. Uh, but we're we're going to start as as expected with uh, the big one: uh, Everton two, Watford five. Chris, stunning game. Exactly one week after I banned uh, any Watford talk on this podcast yep. because I was like, this lot are done. They showed nothing to me against Liverpool, losing 5 0. And they've they brought themselves back from the dead. Very impressed. <laughs> um, I have a lot to say about this game. Uh, I think it can be summarized by I think it was Guy Mowbray doing the match of the day commentary. Uh, okay. Apologies if it wasn't, but that's who I'm naming. Um, <laughs> he, he, said, he said in the commentary, This is a real coupon buster. <laughs> And uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, it's not one you're going to nick for the rest of the season. Uh, no, um, I think Everton fans need to get over themselves. Um, okay. The amount of booing, the amount of leaving early, and the amount of like general demeanour in this game was unacceptable from Everton fans. Well, it's been a strange start to the season from Everton because they've they were been top flying. Four. Yeah, so they've been flying, but pre-season they wanted Rafa out. They wanted nothing to do with this guy. Then they started flying, but having played nobody. Then we got into the weekends where, you know, they go play teams like Villa, and it's like, okay, now we're going to find out who the real Everton are. And Everton are just going to be Everton. This is exactly a result you would expect from an Everton side, missing Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Well, well, it is. Um, big fan still of Anthony Gordon, your doppelganger. Um and that was another reason when he came off, the amount of booze from the fans about that again unacceptable. Get but over I, it. I I felt those boos were justified. Again, Anthony Gordon comes off one of the more uh, 
one of the more handsome players in the league, I must say. <laughs> uh, him coming off, meanwhile Solomon Rondon stays on the pitch, completely justified the booing. Well, I, I, well, I know as a fan, if I'm watching that team, if a young lad from the academy is playing and is, is having a reasonable game, you know, he's obviously at that stage, I think they, they were losing and wanting, wanting to shift the game a bit. But he comes off and has run about, run his socks off, as you expect. Mimel Solomon Rondon's walking about up front unfit. 100% I'm booing that as a fan all day, every day. Yeah, um, but, but I'll also, like, full respect to Josh King for his hat trick. And also, by the way, massive respect to Claudio Ranieri, who completely changed the shape of their whole team to 2-1 down, by the way. Yes, yeah, so after, <laughs> after last weekend... I had declared Watford dead. <laughs> the, the, the way Ranieri set that team up last weekend, I was like, this lot have no chance. Yeah. Now, this weekend, he made a pretty big change. He uh, he reviewed the footage of last weekend and booted Danny Rose out of the squad. Uh, yes, that was a good good uh, first move, yeah. And then, yeah, as you say, they're 2-1 down, the Tinkerman does what the Tinkerman does and sh- shifted everything about and completely changed the game. I think Watford scored uh, three goals after the 80th minute yeah. tells you everything you need to know about what Ranieri is doing but also the mindset of Everton and yeah. you, you bring up Josh King Josh King went, uh, played at Everton Football Club got no minutes at all yeah, got I, no, no respect whatsoever mm-hmm. I have no real opinion on Josh King because I haven't seen him in however many months Yeah, but I will say the way he celebrated that second goal was pretty, I was a massive fan it, of it was pretty fun no, I, I, I did respect it all um, this nonsense about let's not celebrate whenever we score against former clubs. Oh, oh he's yeah. taking the top off knee slide. Unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, we also had, went totally under the radar, Billy. Um, Watford signed Nicholas Nkulu this week on a free transfer who used to play for Monaco, who? Marseille and Lyon. Um, <laughs> Come on. The, well, he, he, and Cameroon at the World Cup. I think he used to back in the day, like kind of mid, mid not mid 2010s, he was kind of seen, he was kind of one of the best defenders in Europe type level defenders. Uh, he's just rocked up to Watford and not having it. Yeah, there, there you go. Exactly. He's played in France for a bit and rocked up to Watford. I'm not t- paying any attention to him. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So, um, unfortunately, <laughs> now th- to be fair, the way the Everton defense set up, uh, you could get in there because the amount of times this lot were caught sort of three on two with Michael Kane, Ben Godfrey running back towards their own goal was. Like yeah, I, terrible. It was, it Those two. There's something about Ben Godfrey. I look at him and be like, this guy should be some player. You know, he's got everything you want from yeah. a centre back. And then you pair him with Michael Keane, who's another one you look at being like, this guy will die on a football pitch. Has played on their dates. You know, you expect them to win anything. Yeah, everything. The two of them can't play with the football at their feet. <laughs> well, well, they couldn't in this game. Um, they couldn't in this game, but like, come on, this is Watford. If you can't play ball against Watford, <laughs> what are we doing? Well, no, well, no, you've got Emmanuel Dennis running at you. Emmanuel <laughs> Dennis is <laughs> like an all-time stat patter, I'll be honest. <laughs> I have him in a fantasy team after, I think it was like the second uh, I, I, Everybody put him in after like the third game. Yeah, whenever I think he scored two that game. And I was like, right, we've got something on our hands here. And he's done nothing since. And then he scores a garbage time goal here. <laughs> 
he, uh, he got 33 points on my bench in our fantasy football <laughs> so that was good so, like I'm telling you this guy's just a stop padding machine uh, someone else I want to point out before we move elsewhere is this guy Kuchka yeah this this type of guy he definitely was like doing slide tackles on concrete like this guy <laughs> like I would not want to walk by this guy in a dark alley but yeah. he would murder you <laughs> He, he, he honestly looked like I, I, I'm struggling to think of a more threatening looking footballer on planet Earth than Juraj Kucha. I think the only footballer I've been more terrified of was Thomas Suchek after being stunned in the face last week. <laughs> so I was like, there's a hard man, and then you look at Kucha, it's like, oh no, I'll not mess with him either. <laughs> but I'll be honest, I, I thought Pickford could have done more for his goal. Like Pickford just kind of stood there while the ball just. It looks slow motion. What's Kuchka's header? But yeah, what Watford are now on ten points, which after we're nine games in, is pretty much where Watford should be. You know, they'll be in for the the forty point mark. You know, we're roughly a quarter of the way through a season. It's it it shouldn't be like manager sacking time. You know, it's classic Watford. Um, so a bit of an update on Ben Foster from last week, Billy. Oh, hit me. Well, 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 just more of a generic kind of. He was, you know, there was a lot of chat about him during the week, and apparently he was disciplined by the Brilliant. club, or was I, was told off in some way. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast is just putting up Instagram polls and just seeing the divide in the yep. football community. And this was one of those where, like, it really did just split people off. This guy should stop YouTubing, and then the other half where it's like, oh no, this guy's like late in his career. Let him do whatever he wants live for it but i love that watford and ranieri ranieri's come in being like no nah, you're not gonna put a gopro on your football net with me big lad and like like you did hear billy that in the liverpool game he got some ufc fighter in into the pa- yeah so he, he put some guy called paddy the baddy who then he was in the home end and obviously this guy's a liverpool fan and started cheering so obviously G- given the tickets out. by watford yeah Oh, that sums this club up. Uh, but yeah, uh, ten, 10 points. They're now four points behind Everton. Everton are going to be Everton. They're not going to yeah. do anything here. Classic I think every, everything you need to, know, need to know about Everton is that after the game, Agent Rafa started the trend on Twitter. Which, whenever like other fans are you know, just taking the piss out of your manager, I think it's it just shows the size of your club. You know, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get on to another game now, actually, where other fans taking the piss out of the manager should lead to a manager being sacked within the next two hours. <laughs> uh, Liverpool versus Manchester United at Old Trafford. One afternoon. Um, well, I'll say I wasn't expecting 5-0. Uh, I, I wasn't like, not expecting it. <laughs> no, no, I, like, I, I'm actually not surprised at all. Yeah, I think the way these two teams set up, I think I'll go back to midweek first of all, where Manchester United beat Atalanta at home three two after being two 0 down. Atalanta were missing six players from the off. Yeah, I uh, yeah two 0 down, and then Atalanta then lose one of their better centre backs to a hamstring injury, go on and win three two, and everyone's thinking Ollie's at the wheel. You know, he's 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 won a group stage game in the Champions League. Everything's fine again. From my perspective, being a rival fan of Man United, I was loving the fact that he got a win midweek because it gave him a bit more leeway. Yeah, all that's now out the window. Yeah, he was murdered yeah. today. Uh, like, <laughs> apparently, it was ten years in one day since Ed Jacko scored a hat trick um, as the turn of Manchester happened in twenty eleven. <laughs> um, it's the six one. Um, so so yeah, fair, fair play to Mo Salah for just 
remembering that anniversary and picking up where Jeko left off. Yeah, totally. Um, Mo Salah right now, just best player in the world. Oh, no, yeah. You can't look anywhere else. See this nonsense I saw. People do just, you know, throw it out saying, like, sporf accounts on Twitter. Be like, Mo Salah's the best in the world. And then some moron will, like, send in a photo of Lewandowski. Like, well, he's scoring like 12 against Freiburg. That doesn't count. <laughs> Whereas, like, Mo right now is just the best player on the planet. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, he, he, he absolutely is. Um, look, I've avoided saying this because it probably sounded ridiculous. Actually, I'm not the first person to say it, but the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo was ruined Man United. Oh, absolutely! It has ruined Man United. Like, like, like the shape and the play. But like, it's it's not even the shape and the players, Billy. Like the fact that they finished that match in the last half an hour with Diogo Dalo playing left (laughs) wing, Jadon Sancho, Jesse Lingard on the bench, and Donny. Yeah, completely agree on the Sancho thing. You cannot go out in the summer and spend seventy million on a so-called generational talent, and then have him benched because Cristiano wants to play. But like Diogo Dalo is a right back, <laughs> right back, and he's playing left. And like Billy Canate had him like. Like, it was so easy. Like, what was he doing? I know it was the fact that each time he wanted to cross it, in, he had to cut back on his right foot. Oh my because I, strangely, a right back is right footed. I, I, like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, and I, I was saying earlier, you know, the fact that Cavani hasn't played this season is criminal because Cavani is like, like Ronaldo obviously has qualities. But, but, but Chris, Ronaldo shouts and he's a leader and he's won the Champions League elsewhere and, you know, he, he's back home, homecoming, and he, he, he's got Luke Shaw eating vegetables. You have to remember everything we've heard recently. You know, Ronnie's changed the club. Everyone's looking up to him. Everyone's changed everything about themselves. Everyone's more dedicated. His son's getting photos at school. Oh, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Like, I, I just, like, Edinson Cavani was a world-class centre forward for so long for a reason. It's because he actually understands work rate, movement, when you run, creating chances. But the, the way Ronaldo plays now is complete poacher. Like, that, that is his yeah. role. Like, he, like, there's no other element to his game. Like, and the fact that Cavani does not play has completely hindered the balance of the rest of the team. Um, what, what do you think, Bailey, of the United fans leaving at halftime? So, I understood it because I'm not sure I'm about it. No, I think no matter what, I, I it's a tough one because they were so bad that you do kind of need to make a statement. And to be fair, most of them didn't. I would say that was in the hundreds. Old Trafford was pretty full till the end, and there were Man United fans still chanting at the end, which I was impressed with. I must say, yeah, no, I, I respected that. I, but my I, my know. favorite thing with the fans was <laughs> there was a few who came back in like the fifty second minute. You saw them like coming back from half time late, and you, you could see them like walk their seat and have one look at the scoreboard, going, "Ah, oh, fuck." <laughs> Like, like what's honestly, happened here? I've only been honestly. gone for a pint, and we're now five down. Uh, like it was. It's just. It's completely like. I, like I. I don't. I don't see how that isn't a sackable result. Like I. Gen, like how, how can Man United think we are going in the right direction? That the hierarchy. I mean. Well, I, I want to go through the game a bit chronologically here, just so we we'll cover off a, a bit more on the Liverpool side, uh, because 
uh, as you know, I, 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 I'm in a good mood this weekend, so I want to be positive. <laughs> so uh, Nabi Keita gets another goal. N- Nabi can't stop right now after midweek. No, he, sorry, just just to clarify that he got subbed at half time after leading to two goals for Atletico Madrid. But yes, he did score. Yeah, an unbelievable well, I didn't, goal. <laughs> that game. I, I didn't watch it. All I know is my phone blew up. Have, have you scored. have you seen the goal against Atletico Madrid? I, I, I've seen the goal and his face after he scored it is one of my favourite things that I've ever seen in football because he can't believe himself he done it and then yeah as what happens now anytime Nabi scores I hear all about it yeah yeah especially from someone who used to be on this podcast <laughs> uh, and then yeah so he, he scores a pretty easy goal uh, Diego Jolla then gets a second again Maguire and Lindelof this was Sunday I don't think Lindelof's that bad I think I, in the right system, it could be all right. I, I, I actually don't think I lost that. But I think he, he obviously wasn't good today. But like, I, I don't think he's terrible. Yeah, yeah. But, but you pair him with Harry Maguire, yeah. and the two of them walk in their own penalty area, yeah. while Trent Alexander, Trent Alexander Arnold has the ball, and you know what Trent is gonna do? Yeah, very, very easy goal, and then. Mo Salah gets his hat trick. What can you say? The guy was just lethal today. Mm. It, and it wasn't as though they were all easy chances. Mo's no. at that level now where it's like, he's just going to score these. Even mm. there was an, a chance sort of half an hour in where it was him one-on-one with De Gea and it got so tight and I still backed him to score it. Mm. Even though the angle he got to De Gea was like, De Gea had made himself so big it was never going to go in. I was like, yeah, Mo scoring that didn't. Mm-hmm. But then goes ahead and has a wild 15 minutes where he just couldn't stop. Yeah. Luke Shaw gets booked because, of course, Luke Shaw was going to get booked against Mo because Marcus Rashford isn't going to help him out defensively. Mark and Mo and Trent. Uh, yeah, that 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 didn't really work either. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Mo gets his hat trick. It's five nil. Uh, Andy Robertson at five nil says, "Boys, let's go for this." I, yeah, I, I did hear that. Yeah, which I, which I was all about. I, well, I was all about that as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and they watched the Chelsea game and thought we're going to beat that. Yeah, nothing really happened after it went to five, other than uh, other, other than. <laughs> A, a certain Mr. Paul Pogba was brought on to change the game. Something needs um, to change. He, he said, something needs to change. Yeah, something needs uh, to change. You know, United changed to, to a diamond, to accommodate Paul, and Paul Thomas Gerrard, didn't he? You know, c- comes on, tr- tries to make an impact too literally. Like, is it controversial that I don't actually think it was that terrible? Mm. Like, 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 it was obviously a bad tackle. I actually thought Ronaldo booting Curtis Jones or whoever that was was that, worse. that was a disgrace. The like, way I, I he got on worse. there, yeah. the way that ball was, it was the way he went round. It was leg wrapped around Curtis Jones. Like, I know, I know he was kicking the ball, but like, and, and that's an obvious fault. Like, nobody knew what he was doing. Yeah. He kicked the ball that way. He was yeah. like, I'm gonna boot this as hard as I can because I know it's not going anywhere other than that Curtis Jones. Yeah. And I, I, you know me, I love whenever footballers get properly at it the reaction of Andy (laughs) Robertson Van Dyke was immense and it's probably the best thing ever to have as a Liverpool fan it's just anytime it slightly kicks off you just know Verge has got to walk over and it doesn't matter that he's walking over the one of the best footballers to ever play this game he towered over Ronaldo and made him look like a child which I was all about and and to be fair Andy Robertson's seen his fair few things of that when he played for Dundee United yeah Andy just loves it so he does (laughs) (laughs) yeah on on the Paul Pogba red card I was like you initially whenever uh, I'm watching it from that wider camera Mm. I was like ah play on and then I looked at it and it, it was bad yeah 
obviously the the left foot's fine. His, his right foot just goes too high and then obviously Nabi gets stretched off and it's tough to see. I, whenever I see him s- slowed down and everything, it's like, yeah, there's no way he's staying on this pitch. Yeah, no, he was always going to go off, yeah. So yeah, Paul Paul let himself down and gave Graham Sunas the greatest afternoon of his life. I, I, I deliberately didn't listen to Sunas. Did, did, you, did you hear what he said? No, I I couldn't look at that smile after the game. I was like, there's... He also went Jimmy into footwind for some reason. Like, yeah, because this Sky missed a massive opportunity to have Roy in today. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure Rangers were actually playing earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, they so played before don't know the what West Jermaine Ham was Tottenham doing. game. <laughs> Unless he was there for the Spurs game, but I don't get why they kept him in for United Liverpool because... Yeah. Oh yeah, it must have been actually. Yeah. If someone can find Roy King right now, record <laughs> him. Just get him. Just get Roy on his own podcast here and listen to him instead of us. Yeah, I'd love to see that. But yeah, uh, there's obviously going to be talk about Ollie leaving. I, I want him to stay, <laughs> and that's just as another fan. I really do not want Antonio Conte taking over this Man United team. Well, it's, it's just like it, it's just you know, like like all I'll say is Bailey, David Moyes got eight months. Mm. And I I know that it's very easy to be like, oh well, David Boys was terrible at Real Sociedad and Sunderland, so obviously it was the right decision. But like, I, like you know, and we're not going to talk about West Ham, but but it's just no, we're definitely not. But <laughs> but Bailey, how how has he not proven that he is a better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? See at the rate he's going, he should get another crack at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I mean, obviously, I'm not going to advocate for that. But I, well, I you're not going to advocate for it. But like as a as a fan, I'm not going to be like, who, who's actually out there at the moment that would take this job? And yeah, I I don't know who they would get to be honest. Like they I, have to be looking Conte at Antonio short, Conte. The Conte is not a Man United manager. I I can't see that. I don't, I, I don't know how much better Antonio Conte could make that Man United team. Just with just the way he sets up, it's not nothing to do with the players. Because I genuinely believe with the right manager in there. And setting Man United up the right way, they, yeah. they'll be a top team. There's no way a team who's spent that amount of money has top talents like Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho. Apparently, there's no <laughs> way that that lot can be as bad as they were today under the right manager. Yeah, and if Conte takes it, I do think he'll turn them into a reasonable side, a team you won't want to come up against. But it's like, who else is out there? Sedan apparently doesn't want the job. Beyond them two, you have to just start taking chances. Wait, who's Dan? Sorry. Zidane. Oh, sorry. What, what is. Sorry. Dan. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Zidane is, is an illegal social shark clone. Um, <laughs> I, you know, well, you listen to our episodes from last season to find out why. Mm, no, absolutely. But yeah, I think. Obviously, I want him to stay, but you cannot have a manager uh, stay after the way Liverpool fans sung about him for the last 40 minutes of the game. I've, I've, you just can't have that. Um, I've just got breaking news. I've just got a quote oh. from Solskjaer in response to a question from Jeff, Jeff Shreve saying, are you the right man to take Manchester United forward? He said, I've come too far. We have come too far as a group and we are too close to give up now. Oh, brilliant. They all hug each other in the morning. Quote, quote verbatim. Uh, I'm not sure what they're close to, but apparently they're close to something. Good on them. They're, um, all, they're all close. They'll have a wee WhatsApp group message. Oh, sorry. I, I took that as, as in they're close to, to, to achieving something. Not, oh, sorry. I thought I thought it was as though they were all well, just Well, who knows? Who knows, Bailey? It's, well, uh, yeah. Chris, after this weekend, they're close to achieving nothing. Because <laughs> they're, uh, yeah. The, 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 gap, the gap between... Obviously, the gap years ago was just Liverpool and City. 
and Chelsea have now closed that. Man United were supposed to have closed it, but I think the gap now between Liverpool City and Chelsea to the rest of the Premier League is just growing massively. Yeah, who's currently the best team outside of those three, Billy? <sighs> That's a tough one. Is it? Who's who's fourth? But are you really the fourth best team? <laughs> are you? See what, see what happens in Seville in May 2022. I know. Uh, <laughs> because we're not going to bring up last time, I just want to bring up your pre-podcast uh, quotes to me. Uh, that, oh, right. <laughs> that there right, has been... Yeah, yeah, 100% you're being out of Chris, after West Ham's hot start to the Europa League, is now in conversations with people about booking flights to Seville. Seville. <laughs> For May 2022. Now, this is obviously Europa League group stage. The proper teams from the Champions League still haven't dropped down into it. So, uh, But as, as as we all know, Bailey, if you win your group, you skip the round of 32. So, <laughs> the round of 32? So, uh, so we'll be in the round of 16 straight. I know, you'll be like, it'll be like a proper competition. You know, you actually got in there round of 16 rather than a round of 32. Listen, I'll take Sheriff Terrasport any day of the week. <laughs> Sure, Real Madrid, how it's done. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be able to probably Real Madrid with them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're going to move on to the top of the Premier League, Chris. Uh, not apologising for being number one. We are the best team in the world right now. Bring it on. Chelsea Football Club smacking North City. Sorry, lunchtime. Um, what I live for. This game, I said last season, whenever we were talking about the Super League, this is the reason why I don't want a Super League, is... As a Chelsea what? fan, I have enough stress watching Chelsea play big games and sweating. And I like Chelsea playing City, Chelsea playing Liverpool, and always having teams like right at you, you know, competing for things. So every now and then, I just need a Saturday lunchtime kickoff where I can just put the feet up and just watch the boys put seven past a lot here going down. Um, yeah. So best part of this game was Edward Mendy's tackle on Josh Sargent. Yes. Yeah, so I believe Chelsea were around three 0 up at that point. Unbelievable. Uh, ben Chilwell, who is just the best player on the planet right now, outside Mo Salah. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Uh, d- 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 decided he wanted to give uh, Norch a helping hand, uh, past the back. I don't know who to. I still can't work out what Ben was trying. Yeah, that was terrible. But it was like in the direction of Silva and then they didn't really go anywhere. And who was it actually latched onto it? Because it wasn't Pookie. Cause he was uh, I think it was Sergeant. Yeah, Sergeant latches onto it and. Um, Mendy comes yeah. in, there was box a couple of players drop deeper, you know, to clear the line and Mendy decides, you know what I'm a bit bored, I've done nothing for two games straight here let me become Thiago Silva and it, yet, it, it as, as you say they just put a leg out it was, it was <laughs> great block. it was actually beautiful but but like we have we have to stop like people people really people really 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 need to stop saying oh, but Norwich are such a well run club like I, I, I've had enough of this. What on earth was that? Why would you play two? Why would you match the formation against Chelsea and play <laughs> two up front? Create absolutely nothing, not defend at all, and have no one in midfield. Like, how did that guy Kabak play for Liverpool? And you're like, and I know the guy Sergeant is only twenty one or whatever, but like, like. The, the, why would you play two up front against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge when you create nothing? So I think the two players you've mentioned there is a perfect one for Chelsea's second goal, the Callum Hudson-Odoi goal. Yeah. 
that initially starts from a Thiago Silva error where he passes it to oh yes uh, and he recovered from the sergeant he, he passes it to a Norwich player who then tried to play through the sergeant and then Thiago Silva who's 40 uh, <laughs> like outpaces him he's 21 he then, sergeant yeah like come on here sergeant uh, and then obviously the, the ball starts to move a bit Hudson Adoy makes such an intelligent run to drag Kabak out. The ball but, goes but he, to Kovacic. But he doesn't even it doesn't even go to him. He, he he drags him out, but then Kabak doesn't even go to him when well, he well, is that's dragged. The thing. Yeah, he, he kind of like kept his space, and then Kovacic gets the ball, and Hudson Adoy just bolts. And Kabak at that stage, it's like he he was dust. Yeah. So he had made such an error initially that Hudson Adoy is just in and. Because the Norwich line didn't follow that same run Kabak did, there's just so much room for him that he, yeah. after one ball, he's just in one-on-one with Tim Krul. But And like, if you play two strikers who don't track, like you like you may as well play with nine men. Oh, absolutely. But, but, because it just meant Chelsea had an extra man. Chelsea, like Champions League winners, Chelsea had an extra man in attack every time. Again, <laughs> against three centre-backs. Like, like, I, like, I am not a professional football manager. But how I don't understand how that isn't obvious. It's as bad as I've ever seen a team in the Premier League. Daniel Farke, Daniel like Farke said diabolical. It was, he said it wasn't a season-defining game. No, the, the is... next week is against Leeds. <laughs> so, uh, so I look forward to that game. Um, no, I genuinely uh, that's a career defender for Daniel Farke. Like he cannot forget that ever again. I, that I, will be just... forever on his resume. And like this and, is and Ben a... Gibson, Billy, the defender. Yeah, the the first one was a clear yellow. Havertz kind of heads it over him and the two of them run in each other. He stopped an attack, clear yellow. He knows he's on a yellow card. To dive in the way he did on Reese James, the only way to explain that is he didn't want to play the last yeah, half the, the, hour. Like, it was a complete disgrace. Um, it was like I did actually find it quite funny that Tim Crow was off his line for the first one because Tim Crow, of course, famously, famously. Was, was, uh, was, was brought on by Louis van Gaal in the World Cup quarterfinal for the penalty shootout. In 2014, so it was... Yeah, and was um, off his line for every single one of those. <laughs> the guy was about a mile off his line um, for each one. I, I do have to say as well, I, I did I did think it was so funny when he was, um, uh, for, whoever, for whatever it was, when he was on the VAR, the Chelsea fans around the screen, because the screen was far too close to the Chelsea yeah, fans. So this is an issue with sort of the <laughs> older grounds in the Premier League. You know, you can get away with this. It's sort of like Old Trafford that he had Tottenham. The the screen for the VAR at Stamford Bridge is right in the touchline, but unfortunately like the touchline is right beside the fans. A meter away. Yeah, so as soon as that screen was brought up, everyone bolted down those steps to be like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's got to go, he's got to go." <laughs> so, and, and, oh, sorry, no, for the, the I, I don't know. they're all like, Let, yeah. "Let's make it six here, ref, come on." Yeah, you know, there's there's plenty of things to talk about from this game. You know, you can talk about the the Chelsea academy, the lack of uh, Billy Gilmore playing for. Uh, Norwich, you can talk about Callum Hudson and Dwight finally getting a chance. You can talk about the, the purple patch Ben Chilwell's going through. Martin Keown decided to focus in on Reese James. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I love Reese. Reese didn't really stand out to me. It was a great finish. But yeah, uh, well, I, I want to go through uh, Friday night, obviously, Arsenal won uh, uh, against yeah. Villa. Yeah, a great result for him. Yeah, but but as a result, I saw too much slander, and I hate. I've mentioned this to you this week, and I'm starting to hate football Twitter, where you just have people who don't even support teams but support players, and like create accounts with like players as the profile picture. What is this Smith Rowe? Yeah, I saw too much Smith Rowe slander on my timeline on Friday, and I think Mason Mount also heard it because there's too many Arsenal fans <laughs> chirping up 
So there was, you know, they were all getting a bit sharpy. Mason Mount hadn't scored in a wee while, you know. Uh, they were all getting a bit sharpy. But like, Emil Smithrow generational after w- one game against Villa. Now, I'm a, I'm a Smithrow fan because it might surprise people on Twitter. You can actually like more than one footballer at a time. I appreciate <laughs> that more than one player can be good at one time. But there was too much slander on Friday night from Arsenal fans. And I actually saw one guy uh, tweet back at them being like, yeah, but... Emil Smithrow has not won a Champions League, and this guy came back being like, "What do trophies matter to an individual player?" <laughs> um, I, I'm done with him. So Twitter's a cesspit, Billy. Let's be honest. As Dave Chappelle says, we all need to realise it's not a real place. Absolute garbage. Yeah. Just end up. Yeah. Mason heard the slander, gets a goal early, has two attempts at a penalty, and then an absolute tap in courtesy of Ruben Loftus Cheek. It was just the perfect afternoon from my perspective because everything that could have gone right did. The academy boys started scoring. The boys got a bit of revenge for Billy because mm. Norwich's main issue for me was. There was a real lack of effort, and I do agree they set up completely wrong. They did go out there to die in front of Chelsea, but <laughs> this is a team. But that the effort they, was horrendous. The effort was stinking, but once they got the ball, it looked as though it was 11 lads who had never touched a football before. <laughs> and this is a team that has the balls to not play Billy Gilmore, who may surprise you, but is pretty good on the football. Uh, you know, every time this boy plays, he's man of the match for a reason because he recycles the ball well, he plays with personality, he takes people on. This Norwich side think they're bigger than him. And uh, what were those unsubstantiated rumours about him celebrating with the Chelsea players? What what was what was that about? So that, yeah, you got done by a fake tweet, the same fake tweet that I listen, got done by. It was listen. that football for all account, but for because obviously the way the game went, Billy was trending on Twitter. If you clicked on Billy's name and scrolled down a bit, there was like a fake version of that that said uh, Billy Gilmore seen uh, celebrating with the Chelsea players. Loan expected to be terminated. Uh, brackets the Athletic, and it was exactly the way like the real tweet from Football for All would go out. And it, I'll be honest, it got me. Mm. Now I did see him walk. After the game, there's like a photo of him and Ben Chilwell walking home together. And I did think, imagine being in that Norwich dressing room, being like, we've just got slapped 7-0. And one of our guys is now walking home with one of the Chelsea players. Just before we go off, uh, one player I do want to mention, because I think this is the biggest opportunity this guy has, and he needs to take it right now. Callum Hudson-Odoi, obviously Timo Timo Werner's out. Uh, Romulo oh no! What's shame, Timo Werner's I I love Timo, so I'm not having that. Uh, oh, he was eating a sweet or something. I did see that. He, he was given orange wine gum and didn't want the orange one because Timo knows like the red, uh, like the rest of us, the red's the only way to go. <laughs> uh, but but Callum's now got a, a few weeks here where Chelsea are going to play. Obviously, Norwich. He had a great game. Thought he was outstanding here. Uh, Southampton on Tuesday. Uh, I think they played. Burnley at some stage within the next two weeks, and also Newcastle. This is make or break time for Callum Hudson Doyle, I think. Yeah, no, I think he's a great player. Like he, yeah, he's. I, ge- yeah. I genuinely believe if Callum had have gone to Bayern the other year, we'd be talking about him as though he's generational. Oh yeah, no, uh, I totally agree. Yeah, like I, I, it's a mix of like his talent plus the Bundesliga would have made him immense <laughs> over there. So would it because this guy is, you know, on a weekend where Jaden Sancho sat on the bench at 70 million, Callum Hudson always scoring, you know, but yeah, say whatever. But I, I I really hope he does take his chance because this, he's been in and out of the side, been chucked out at wing back and stuff. And finally, it looks like there's space there for him to, to play a few weeks in a row at left wing. Just 
Mm. Let's have a Callum. Let's have another seven next week. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Norwich need to fold. Yeah, Norwich just need to be relegated. I'm I'm putting a ban on Norwich. Uh, yeah. As I put the ban on Watford last weekend. Yeah. Uh, we'll not speak about Norwich City again this season unless. Uh, I'm going to put in these parameters unless Billy Gilmore scores <laughs> and unless they're playing Chelsea or West Ham. <laughs> There's the only time we're going to talk about Norch throughout the rest right. of the season. So if you're a big canary, see ya. Yeah, uh, <laughs> And then, yeah, on the one of the other best three teams in Europe, Manchester City, Chris, uh, <laughs> they, they saw the Chelsea 7 and thought, We'll, we'll try it. They, they couldn't quite get there. They're playing a Brighton team who, before this game, somehow had the best defence in the Premier League. <laughs> and Pep Guardiola said, I'll have that. And <laughs> went out and ran riot. Well, for... it, well, it's interesting that after having the best defence in the Premier League, that Hipster Potter dropped Shane Duffy. Yeah, I thought this was strange. Um, I do have to say, like, you know, obviously, obviously he's a good manager or whatever, but like, you know, so the last 4 1 um, post match interview. Um, really happy with the performance he said <laughs> like, like imagine if Steve Bruce had said that they'd be calling for Bruce's head um, yeah I'm also have we I, I still don't really understand what is so good about Robert Sanchez the goalkeeper I don't really get that um, uh, Sanchez for me uh, before the game I noticed him kissing the posts what uh, yeah uh, <laughs> Sky were like zooming in on him what Whilst everyone else was doing like a quick warm up and stuff, the guy like ran up his goalpost and kissed both of them, which I thought right. was, you know, especially in COVID times. Yeah, a bit of was, respect, though. Was yeah. a bit odd. Now, the post did come to his rescue a few times here and there because mm. this, he was being peppered. And he did, to be fair, <laughs> he makes the error for the Gundogan goal, which I thought he was unlucky to not. Having the referee blowing his way because of the oh. amount of protection goalkeeper. Oh no! Yeah, no, I, that, that was that was never a foul on him ever. I know, but but we've seen over the years the way Premier League referees. Yeah, get I, I'm so glad they didn't give it. That the slightest touch does get put off, and used to crack me up whenever Courtois was in the league because mm. he was like six eight, so he used to have to like he used to just be able to go up and grab whatever, and players used to just hammer him. Yeah, and never got a call. So I was glad to say that that was let go and. The good thing in goal stood, and then after that, Man City ran right for the first half. Phil Foden again, just he, I think he heard the Smith Road chirp on Friday. <laughs> He's going, You think that lad's generational? Well, watch this. What um, a player. Yeah, and uh, of course, Martin Keown in a stunning analysis afterwards uh, said, Ah, oh, like Gundogan and Bernardo Silva don't get the credit they deserve. What, what, what do you mean? What does they, he want? What do you mean they don't get the credit they deserve? Gundogan was the top scorer last season. Yeah, when, for for like five weeks last season, he's <laughs> the only player we talked about. <laughs> um, also, Billy, we haven't, I don't think, on the podcast discussed um, Alexis McAllister, um, the, the 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 chap with the most well, like not the most Scottish name because he's called Alexis, but McAllister. Like, he has a seriously Scottish name. Yeah, I, I was for Argentina. <laughs> I was, I was looking into him because I'm just fascinated by his bizarre kind of like the the whole like because he he looks really like Irish or whatever as well. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just he's a wee ginger lad. But, <laughs> but basically, apparently, his dad and uncle were both professional footballers as well from Argentina, and he obviously somewhere down the line they're Irish slash Scottish, but <laughs> apparently they have literally zero links whatsoever. Um. <laughs> Because I I don't know what's happened with the Mac, but I mean someone in like the sixties has obviously got something wrong in the birth certificate. 
Oh, it's um, like the MAC space. Yeah, like, th- th- there's no way that's right, surely. Like, I, I just hope he, like, leans into a bit more and, like, calls his kid, like, Fergal or something. <laughs> so it's like a Fergal McAllister playing, like, alongside Messi's kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, however many years. But, like, yeah, apparently, like, he literally has zero links to Ireland. So, um, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Thanks very much for the Ancestry.com plug. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But, yeah, the amount of times I saw within that first half... I don't he's quite a really, good player yeah like he was he was alright yeah. he, he runs about he doesn't yeah. the statistics around like him, like assist, what, yeah exactly yeah. and Lalana. every time Lalana plays we get reminded of his injury history which I hate <laughs> it's like just let the guy get on with his life <laughs> that's so true actually it's, yeah. it's tough I, I, I like the guys who just let him play yeah uh, yeah but the amount of time I don't really have City down as a counter attacking team because they never really get in a position where they're so deep that they have to counter attack. Yeah. But there was a period of like ten minutes where they had five, and each time they're running against Lewis Duncan, Dan Byrne, you're like, these boys are in trouble. <laughs> and two of them obviously come off for Foden. Grealish had these boys tortured. The yeah. other wing, for whatever reason, Gabriel Jesus is still out in the right wing, which I don't understand. But uh, yeah, I mean, he looks. I think he looks quite good at it, but it, it is weird that they don't have a striker. Yeah, yeah it's it's so bizarre. Yeah, we, we have a striker, but we don't play him as a striker. But yeah, it, again, it's Guardiola and Guardiola and his overthinking, and it does work against another overthinker and Graham Potter. Yeah, but yeah, you don't. You just don't want to see anyone running at Dan Byrne, never mind Phil Foden. <laughs> Dan Byrne's such a funny player. He's better at left back. It's it's not Dan Byrne's uh, worry. Uh, great to see in the second half, Tariq Lamptey come back. I, I I did notice that and I knew you'd, you'd bring it up. Yeah. Just He's been out so long. Um, no, he has been season, out for a long time, yeah. Last season, whenever we started this podcast, he was one of those players that he was all I could talk about. Yeah, it, it was a bit so, annoying. <laughs> Well, there's another young Chelsea right back I'll bring up, I'll bring uh, up later. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we could genuinely have a 1 11 of just Cobham graduates this year. Yes, we could. My could. Fa- my, sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, I, I, to be fair, this one we'll talk about later. I was I was a fan of what he said in the interview afterwards, but we'll uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, so good to see Tariq back. Uh, we've not got this stage, Chris, really, where it, it's looking as though Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool are all going to be fighting out. My big thing is. For both Chelsea and Liverpool come January, they're going to have issues with the Cup of Nations. Mm. Uh, out of those three, who do you reckon? Who, who are you going for? Who are you backing? I mean, I, I, I thought Chelsea at the start of the year, and I, I think they have the best chance to because of their squad. But, but I mean, Liverpool are looking hot. Liverpool are looking hot. Mo Salah's looking hot right now. Yeah. Man City again have, will have January to kind of like build up a, a gap because once once Mane goes and once Salah goes you know they should cool down mm, uh, yeah. Paul Scholes still isn't convinced by the Chelsea defence uh, oh, right. so if we okay. take his word for it Chelsea won't win it yeah uh, Paul Scholes uh, a couple of weeks ago on one of those Gary Neville programmes on YouTube oh, said uh, that he doesn't rate Chelsea defensively he believes Manchester United have a better defence than them oh uh, no I, I'm sure he didn't say that <laughs> And then there was also, I don't know if you've seen this uh, supercomputer uh, thing that was going around. There was like a supercomputer that apparently predicted uh, where everyone's going to finish the season. I think right. it, had che- it had Chelsea winning, but also had Chelsea only conceding four goals all year. Chelsea so, only conceded so, so, three. Hi, hi, hang on a sec, sorry. Who, who ran this supercomputer? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. What, what? i just seen this, this done the rounds everywhere on social media. I think it had Brentford finishing fourth. 
<laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just seen it everywhere and because Chelsea were top. I was like, oh yeah, I, I agree. Whoever's done this is so spot on. And then I seen like it's calculations for the reason how Chelsea conceding four goals all year. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a really good supercomputer. Yeah, that, that ain't it. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a cracking race for it. I think this season. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. The, the the best three teams in Europe are playing in this league. Which yeah. I think. Yeah. Sums up, uh, say whatever you want about Bayern Munich, but I think Bayern have won like, their, yeah, Bayern have won something like their last eight games by a scoreline of like forty-five-two, which I think sums up everything you need to know about who they've played recently. 100%. So, so I'm not counting them. Uh, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, top three. Uh, elsewhere, uh, I want to go quickly to yeah. Newcastle United. R- round the grounds. So it's around the grounds. Uh, Newcastle United, nothing really to talk about on the pitch other than Callum Wilson's goal. Uh, sorry, Benteke is back, Billy? Benteke is back. Um, <laughs> if, if you want a bit of insight into my uh, fan tracks knowledge or, <laughs> or what I'm doing with fan tracks at the moment, uh, a certain ex-podcast host uh, typically <laughs> has backed Benteke every year and loves to pick him up. Uh, I'm ahead of him in like a waiver wire thing. Have you gone I'm, for him? I've gone for him just to wind up that certain next podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the message on like Wednesday, either whenever this goes out or whenever those waiver wires are completed. Brilliant. To let him know. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, Benteke is scoring. He could have scored four. But yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he still has a lot. But it's, improve, Christian ben, yeah. it's, it's Christian Benteke, so uh, let's, let's give him slack. a bit of time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I want to focus on what I believe to be the worst start to an ownership ever in Newcastle United. And it's not even on the pitch. But yeah, uh, on Wednesday, uh, Newcastle United issued guidance for match day attire. <laughs> And it's a, the first line of it is Newcastle United is kindly asking supporters to refrain from wearing traditional Arabic clothing or Middle East inspired head coverings at matches <laughs> if they would not normally wear such attire. That's such uh, a great it, it also says, it also says, and this says, no one among the new ownership group was in any way offended by the attire of the fans who ch- chose to celebrate in this way. It was a gesture that was acknowledged as positive and welcoming in its intent. <laughs> However, there remains the possibility that dressing in this way is culturally inappropriate and risks causing offence to others, otherwise known as, uh, yeah, we were offended, but we won't, we don't want to tell the fans of a club we've just bought that we were. So that was Wednesday, they had to tell people to wise up. Uh, Saturday, <laughs> pre-game, uh, Newcastle United would like to clarify guidance issued on Wednesday regarding matchday attire. The new owners have been overwhelmed by the <laughs> overwhelmed by the welcome of the local community following the acquisition of the club. The fans who have celebrated by wearing uh, culturally traditional clothing, including head coverings, have been part of that. Those who wish to support the club by wearing appropriate culturally inspired clothing should feel free to do so as they see fit. Uh. We are inclusive to all. <laughs> What good, a disgrace. It's good they're inclusive to all. <laughs> what a disgrace. This lot have backed down immediately. Brilliant. That, that some big Geordie lad with like a 12 pack for a belly is standing there, you know, shooting cans that he can't wear a tea towel around his head. Just oh, call it out for what it is. Don't start me. like dilly dally and being like, oh, we want to have this lot on our side. Just call them out. Um, yeah, I've nothing else to add. Almost like I, it's it's the worst start in ownership ever. Long may it continue. I hope you go down. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I've got a couple just round the grounds as well. We're probably going to link to what you're about to say, Billy. Um, yep. 
at Southampton. Um, what on earth is Hassan Hudo doing with his attire this season? Um, he's all in Richard, but I, I think that's superstitious. He can't work it out. Like he looked like he was going to a frat party this week. Um, yeah, he that, can't that work out what's. He can't work out the superstition that'll win them games yet. Yeah, he's, he's still he's still trying things. And uh, Timo Livermendo, who you mentioned earlier, um, he didn't give Match Today any free promo. Um, he was asked in the interview afterwards if he was going to definitely watch Match of the Day tonight after his performance, and he said, uh, uh, "Maybe my dad will." Yeah. <laughs> That was that, that was great. Big fan of from Tino. Um, uh, yeah, Tino, eighteen uh, year old. Sorry, uh, Tino, Tino or Timo, Tino, Tino, Valentino. T- yeah, Valentino. Uh, he quickly needs to find his Italian passport. Uh, this, this is it, is he so is it Finnish or Italian? I, I can't tell what the. I don't know, name. but he, he just needs to work out where his ground is from. Yeah. Like <laughs> he, need, he needs to find out like a top five European country mm. that his ground that wants visited. Yeah. So, because it's the reason why he's at Southampton, same reason uh, Lanty's at Brighton that he's looked ahead of him at Chelsea. Got the opportunity's not there right now. Yeah, uh, unfortunately for him, that once he then looks up at the England squad, there's six guys ahead of him, <laughs> and yeah. this kid's good enough. You know, at eighteen, he's come in and been one of the bright sparks of Southampton season. Yeah, he's brilliant. He does just need to find some other country to represent. Yeah, and then he also needs to find a, like a top club at some stage because. Looking at Liverpool won't need him. Man City won't need him because uh, obviously they've. Listen, he's, he's only eighteen, all right. I, I, know, I know, but I'm looking so far ahead here. This is my thing. So obviously Trent's going to be Liverpool's right back for the next ten plus years. Man City, Walker will eventually drop out, but Cancelo was young enough that he'll take that. Chelsea have Reese James. You look, don't have Juan Bissaka. Look, what, once to... once we're in the Champions League and Kufal is one of, like needs some competition, like it'll be he'll come to West Ham. Team of the West Ham. I heard it here. For, see if that actually becomes a thing. Like, let's, let's see what happens. Right. Yeah, let, let's mark this in 20, uh, 24th of October. Chris Ringo, Valentino, <laughs> Livermento to West Ham. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere around the league, uh, Leeds won all. Leeds yeah. are struggling, Chris. That was, my, that was my last one I wanted to, to talk about. Um, Leeds are struggling. Um, I love how, first of all, I love how Huang did the Mobot for a celebration uh, <laughs> out of nowhere, bringing that back. Do you um, think it was the Mobot, or do you think he has like another, like, has he been sat on like wherever he's from? Has, has he been sat in like another country's um, version of a league of their own and being told to do that? Yeah. The way Mofar was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's Korean. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what that was about, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and then um, Joe Gelhart came on for Leeds and almost changed the game. Um, if you're not aware, really, Joe Gelhart was a victim uh, of the great Wigan Athletic side that after beating Hull 8-0 got relegated while Derby stayed up because of <laughs> the championship's uh, rules. Um, uh, so after his performance, Martin Keown said in the analysis afterwards, oh, like, does he remind you of, of Messi? <laughs> and and, and Jermaine Genius was, was saying, Martin, I, I mean, are you on something here? Like... <laughs> So, I just uh, love that. So that's what happened in that game. Yeah, here, Martin. Mar- I reckon Martin's buying a few of those Emil Smith through Twitter accounts. <laughs> so I don't know if he's saying that about this kid, but yeah. Obviously, Leeds played good football last season and whatever, but missing Phillips, missing Bamford, Rafinha went off injured. Yeah, I that's, felt really that's great. For <laughs> I felt terrible for them today when uh, Sky were promoting Super Sunday for next week. And here the commentator was mentioned that Norwich are playing Leeds in a relegation battle. Oh, and I was like, I was like, 
I was like, that's a real disrespect. That's like, a massive like, disrespect. Like, I know they've not been going well this season, but to, Goodness put me. In, to put them in a conversation with Norwich, I thought was disrespectful. A team with minus 21 goal difference. 23. Was it 23 now? Oh, sorry, 21, yeah, sorry. That's the actual goals against, yeah. Yeah, absolute, absolute shambles. But yeah, we've, we've kind of been around the leagues. Yeah. And I, I want to go into another league, Chris, for In oh. the Mud this week. Oh, is this for In the Mud? Yeah, this is for In the Mud. Yeah. And I'm going to put in for In the Mud this week the haters of the Europa Conference League <laughs> because the Europa Conference League is quickly becoming the most electric thing in football. <laughs> to everyone's surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the case for this. Well, it's a pretty easy case to make, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll first start with Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham this week, on whatever night it was, was it Thursday? The Chelsea first... B team was on. Well, exactly. They played a, a club that is famously known for taking 17-year-olds from Chelsea. And it is just, it's the Chelsea placement year. I mean, none, none of them actually were play- They don't really have any, any Chelsea players yeah, they, anymore. They, but... they don't have any. And that's what was disappointing for me. Because I actually thought if there was one Chelsea player there, I may have actually watched this game. But Tottenham Hotspur rocked up to Vitesse Arnhem of all places somewhere real dodgy team towards the, the top end of uh, Holland and everyone can say it like about B teams or whatever but I'm going to read you the people who started here for or Tottenham Chris and you can tell me what you think so at right back it was Tanganga uh, centre backs were Sanchez Rodon left back Davies in midfield we had Lo Celso Winks and Deli Alley and then in front of them was uh, Brian Hill Stephen Bergwijn and some guy Scarlett. No, oh, yeah, as, as B teams go, it's it's a lot of these lads have a shout to start at Spurs. I'll uh, be honest. Yeah, that that's a that's a that's a decent side. Yeah. It's, it's a decent enough side, and this lot go out and like get battered by Fates. Now they got battered one <laughs> 0 Like I'll I'll say that. Yeah. But for a team that's going out like that, they should not be losing to Vitesse Arnhem. Yeah, that it, it was quite a poor result, but not as poor as I think what you're about to go on to. Well, we're about to go on to a, <laughs> an away loss uh, <laughs> for a hero of mine. Uh, one of the greats, a man who made me love the game of football, uh, Jose Mourinho's Roma, uh, played a team called Bodo forward slash Glimp. <laughs> It's the forward slash. That's a team. See if they were in like the FA Cup draw. That would cause confusion. <laughs> no, I, if, if they haven't played their fixture, be Bodo forward slash Glimp forward slash Millwall. Top, Whoever wins that com. game's getting through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Jose Mourinho's team turned up the wherever this was because I've not looked into it. Well, battered six one. Yeah, six one. I mean, out of my own knowledge, Billy, I'm pretty sure this is the same team who apparently did a Leicester in the Norwegian league and won the league. But I can't <laughs> confirm that. <laughs> Donald Lester. Uh, apparently, it was a great story of Norwegian football. <laughs> if, if it is that team, I think it is that team. If you are correct, well, I'll be honest. You, you should know who won it by just the fact there's a forward slash in the name. Like, I can't imagine there's the too forward many. Forward slash, like, honestly. <laughs> like. But, but yeah, the, the biggest uh, defeat in Jose Mourinho's uh, managerial career, they were 2 1 down at half time and then lose the second half 4 0. And the quotes from Mourinho <laughs> post-game, Chris, are all-time Jose. <laughs> yeah, what was he saying there? Well, because we, we typically know Jose. We know that he'll give you a great season. He'll give you a great two seasons. 
the third season's where it normally goes off. Tuesday's mm. currently three months into this room. Which... <laughs> well, it, it was going pretty well before. In the it was going pretty well. And even in even the league and stuff, they're, they're going pretty well from what I've seen. Uh, but Jose's quotes, uh, the journalist asked Jose, do you feel any responsibility for this loss? And Jose said, I do. I decided to put out the side I did. It's my responsibility. Obviously, I did it with good intentions in mind for two main reasons. From one side, I wanted to give a chance to those players who have not been who have been working really hard but have not been playing much. From the other side, considering the squad we have and all the games we have to play, I want to rest some of the players that have played in pretty much every game on an artificial on an artificial pitch in weather conditions like these I decided to rotate a lot of players then we lost to a side that was better than us it's simple the Bodo first team is better than the one that started the game for us they then went on to talk a bit more about the players that played and uh, journalists asked him about the second string uh, guys and he said look if I could always play with the same guys then I would but I think that if <laughs> But I think that if I did, that I would be taking some big risks because there's a big difference in the quality between one group of players and another. And in a group stage match like this, when there are already six games and we already have six points with two more games to come in Rome, I decided to make the changes I did. I knew the limits of some of our players. It's nothing new, but obviously I expected more of a response. But as the, but as the decision was mine, it is me that has to take responsibility. What a way to make your guys feel. <laughs> that's, a, that's some rationalisation. Like, feel welcome at the club, you know. Yeah. He, Jose's just said, I have 11 guys beyond those 11. <laughs> I love the brutal honesty, though. Like, And it is fair. I remember looking at the Roma squad whenever Jose joined and yeah. thought, that, that's a bit thin. Yeah. I didn't recognise many of the names. Uh, I think the guys were that I recognised were like uh, Mkhitaryan, Pedro. Smalling, Pedro, Pedro, who he cleared out as well. Oh yeah, uh, Pe- Pedro actually scored against Jose last weekend and celebrated it in front of him. For that team. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, Sarah, but that Roma squad is thin. Yeah. But I just love the fact that like three months in this season in the Europa Conference League, Jose's already that rattled. Yeah. So shout out Bodo Glimp. Uh, if you're not watching the Europa Conference League, get involved what a because side. that's where it's at. What a side. <laughs> so yeah that's in the mud for me chris uh anything you want to you want to leave the guys on for the week with? um well yeah just one thing uh, to, oh. to finish on um the europa conference final is at europe's next best stadium which is in uh, tirana in albania um, yes yeah, so you, you sent me the photo of this stadium before uh recording if you haven't seen the stadium before look it up phenomenal Un- unbelievable yeah, if, uh, if Brighton need a new stadium, there's a lovely wee stadium in Albania oh, that you can you can take ideas from. I'm just looking before we wrap up here. Uh, the <laughs> the player ratings from Man United Liverpool. Uh, Paul Pogba got a one point seven five. It's a cracking way to end. And to be honest, I don't think it gets any easier for Manchester United. Uh, let me just look. I've been checking fixtures next week and in preparation. Uh, didn't really see any that stand out. I know. Uh, Chelsea play like Newcastle or something that didn't obviously didn't stand out uh, yeah I think they're playing City next weekend yeah so it doesn't get any easier I think they also then play uh, Spurs so that'll be a real interesting one to see which of those two bad lots <laughs> can pull out some kind of performance yeah they play or sorry yeah they play Spurs away next weekend and then City after mm. if Ollie manages to get through those like 
what a guy. Yeah. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see next weekend. I'm looking forward to it. if Ollie does get sacked. A the notes up apologies from the United players yep. and B if Ollie has a similar quote to Steve Bruce where he just starts calling out the insults he's been called. Mm. Like I want to see what he can expand on cabbage yes. head. Yes, let's hear them. So it is. So yes, uh, we'll see what happens with Ollie. And as always, uh, thanks everyone who listens, and we'll speak to you all next week. Bye bye.